Welcome to the Mindset Evolution Podcast, powered by Self Recoding, world class consulting and coaching services that you can access at selfrecoding.com. Self Recoding is a unique blend of neuro healing modalities that will empower you to reach your full potential. Join thousands of others who have experienced rapid results in their journey of personal growth. Now enjoy our show where we bring you tools for a powerful mind with your hosts, Cassie Tate and Daisy Pup. And hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bold and Blonde Mindset Evolution, the podcast that gives you tools for a powerful mind. I'm Kathy Tate, your host from Australia. With me, as always, your host from America, Daisy Pap. Hi, Daisy. Hi, Kathy. I'm so glad that we meet again and record yet another episode of Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution. So what is up your sleeve today? <laughs> well, I thought we would carry on the discussion because last week, when we were talking about the meeting of the minds, you mentioned helper's syndrome, which is a feminine mind trait. And I thought that sounded pretty interesting. So let's delve into that today, shall we? Absolutely. When you say so, I'm here to your service, dear audience and dear Kathy. Well, I think I want to correct myself when it comes to helper's syndrome, because there are masculine brainers as well that also suffer from that syndrome. Nevertheless, I agree, it is more the tendency of the feminine brain owners. And I think it is a good idea to understand what it is. And when it happens, that helps us preventing from disastrous outcomes due to misconceptions and overly being helper. I love it when humans are helpful. But again, it's a good idea to keep it in balance and healthy. So what is your definition of helper syndrome so that I can know more precisely how you want to go about this topic? Okay, well, first, I just want to query when you say you want to expand that definition and that it is a masculine trait too, or is it that most masculine brains also have some feminine tendencies? Oh, absolutely. This is a feminine tendency that can come into any brain depending on their mix of feminine and masculine traits. Yes, and it's also a cultural thing and it depends on how you are conditioned and what you've seen, what the role models exposed you to. Nevertheless, I think it is important to say that it's not solely a feminine trait. It is more often found in the feminine brain. I'm not really sure. I'm going to ask a neuroscientist about that because I'm unsure about that, how that really goes. Nevertheless, so what is your definition of helper syndrome? Okay, well, I think from what we've spoken about that my interpretation of it would be that we have a tendency to want to fix things, to make them better, to improve things. And I think that most likely, most often, comes from a place of wanting to do good, but perhaps isn't always well placed. Well, it can be considered solicitation. Yes, explain what you mean by that, because solicitation is quite an <laughs> interesting word and it has many meanings. Okay, so what I'm referring to is that it's an unwanted or unappreciated and unwarranted advice that I didn't ask for. Okay, yes, I could see that being true. She's still thinking. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that being true. 
And I think that it requires an awareness that you're doing it in order to only do it where it is needed or wanted. Yeah, or invited. Yes, I agree. Mm. So seems to me that often because of our conditioning, perhaps, that we do this helper syndrome without really realizing it some of the time mm. or without being aware that it is actually not wanted because we are so conditioned into behaving that way. Mm. Well, I can share with you a few insights that I gained over the years and decades working with elderly. Oftentimes, they feel that they are still capable of doing a lot of things, and most often they are. And then comes the newer generation, and because they believe that they are the rock stars and they know everything better and they are just fed up with the old-fashioned way of doing things, that then they are overtaking and overwhelmingly solicitating the elderly. Now, it's okay to respect humans no matter their age. And I think it is a good idea. Would you like some help with this? Ask questions. Ask for permission. Offer the help with a question. Not like, oh, I do it for you and suck, I'm already doing it. No, that is not respectful by my standard. Unless I see that you have the vase filled with water and you're trying to put the flowers in there and I see that you're almost tripping over something on the floor, then of course, without asking you, I help you. Different scenario. I think there's a fine line being helpful and suffering helper syndrome. I actually can see it from the other end of the age spectrum too. A lot of mothers will overly do things for their children. And in my opinion, that's cutting them off at the knees and stops them being as independent as they could be. A scenario that comes to mind is when perhaps your child's learning to wash the dishes And they don't do a very good job in the beginning because they're new at it. And so the mother does them again. But in that scenario, it's sort of cutting the child off at the knees in that they aren't learning to do it properly because it's being done for them again. Again, there's a big difference. Do I show you how it works better to get better results or I take it over and do it myself? Now, yes, I'm not sure if that is helper syndrome, though. I think that requires some more thinking on my part. What I'm rather referring to or what comes to mind when I think of helper syndrome is, let's say there is somebody who is choosing a partner and they choose projects. They choose projects instead of somebody who is self-efficient and stands on their both feet and is stable, let's say emotionally stable, professionally stable, financially stable. The need that I know how you could do better and I'm forcing you to accept my knowledge that is questionable or not. So there I think it turns sour because when I choose, I'm just making this up, when I choose Mike as my partner and Mike is a little bit sloppy, Mike is not really ambitious, Mike is not really motivated, Mike is not really interested in anything But I see this huge potential in him. So I'm trying to convince him, hey, you know, if you do this and this and this and this and this, then you can get these and these and those results. Now, when I offer, hey, I have some observations to share. Let me know when you're interested. And then let's say Mike says no, then it's up to me to respect that and to halt. Let's say Mike says yes, tell me. Then it depends on how I deliver it. 
when I say, well, I think you're doing things really stupidly and why don't you do it ABC? Or I can say, look, if I were you, I'm not telling you what to do because I respect that you're a man and you're fully responsible and you're grown up. This is what I would do instead. There's a huge difference. And asking for permission first is also very important. Let's say there's an elderly parent and they're totally scared about what happens to their children in the future, in the near future, in the present, at any given moment. And now they try to really be the siren in the family. Oh, don't do that. Oh, let me do that instead. Or trying to be, and I go back to a Hungarian saying that's very dear to me. I learned when I was 17, when I learned Hungarian, that don't be spoon in every soup, meaning that somebody who is spoon in every soup is somebody who is steering here a little bit, steering there a little bit. They didn't cook the soup. They don't have to eat it, but they steer in everybody else's soup. Keep your spoon to yourself. Maybe cook something nice or eat it nicely, whatever you want to do. And I think it is important that we understand the boundaries. Where do I begin and where do I stop? Where do I end? Where does the other human begin and where do they end? And once we understand where the boundaries are, where do I end and where do you begin? Then I think that is already a very gentle awareness that can bring much peace into all relationships. Where do you think this need for what we're calling helper syndrome comes from? I humbly think in the feminine brain, it is innate. It is the nurturing that is within us, females, or the more feminine brain of the spectrum, because we were there and helped the little ones. We were there and nourished the elderly. We were there and kept the family together. When we go back to evolution, I'm talking 1,000 years, 500 years, 2,000 years, 2,500 years, I do not know how they lived exactly, and I'm not a historian by no means, but what we read when we look into it a little bit, I think it is visible that, okay, female and the feminine brain and therefore women were more conditioned too, and it was inherited. It was passed down and passed on from generation to generation. Now, let's also think a little bit about the role models. I think this is an exquisite moment in time to really take an inventory how many role models are still out there and what's the quality of them. Let's say I grow up, my mother has helper syndrome. She's trying to have everyone and everything and she's supporting everyone and everything. And I saw it that my grandmother did just the same. Then I have two options. I never become any of them or I become just like them. Why only two options? Why is there not a happy medium? There is, by my observation, again, humbly, based on my little experience that I have, it is more likely to be extremes when there was a role model that lived by an extreme. I'm not talking about the gentle middle role models that are flexible and that are helpful, but also have boundaries that are helpful, but they also know how to take care of themselves that are helpful, but they would never outdo themselves to harm themselves, only to help someone else. I think the happy medium, as you call it, as a role model, brings out very different qualities in those they raise. Okay. <laughs> well, look, I do not have all the answers. Certainly not. I give you all the answers I have. Yeah, I guess I like to think of myself as being in a happy medium, try to be in balance as much as I can. But I know, and I'm first to put my hand up, that in the past, I too have suffered from helper's syndrome. 
in trying to grow and evolve and be my best version, I'm trying to let go of these preconditioned tendencies that I perhaps grew up with. And I guess for me, one of the big things was letting go of control because I had to have that control as a single mother. I had to have my hands on the steering wheel as an analogy to make sure that things turned out in the best way that I could make them happen. And letting go of that control was not an easy thing to do. And I feel like part of this selfish syndrome is a control or a need for control over an outcome, not only in your own life, but in those people that you love. And I do believe that it often comes from a place of well-meaningness and a want to help others be better and succeed. But I also see that there's a point where that can be unwanted and can be frustrating Mm. for the other people who are on the receiving end because Mm. they want to do it themselves because Mm -hmm. they also have a need to control their own lives and situations. So I think that it's really bringing an awareness to the point where You're not overstepping those boundaries. And I would actually even go back to your book, The Island Model, and from the perspective of that and my understanding of it, if we stay on our own island and only build the bridge when it's wanted, then we are not overstepping those boundaries. And I think that's what you mean when you say ask for permission, make sure that you have balance, offer the help but don't shove it down people's throats. I agree. Let me take an attempt and summarize. So going back to the example, the child doing the dishes and not being so practical and so successful at it when we look at the end result of cleanliness as a measurement. Now, what's the difference between the child and let's say a female brain owner having and suffering from helper syndrome, seeking out a project, a partner, in this case, let's say, and knowing it all better. Because the moment when I'm showing my helper syndrome that's out of control because it's really very present in my life and therefore the presence of those lives that I'm touching through me being alive and those surrounding me, then isn't it also that I enable those that are not good at something yet and I do it then for them or I do prompt them to do it better then actually what it does, it empowers me. I understand your control point and I'm getting back to there a little later, that it shows that I know something that you don't know. So there is the eye to eye on a horizontal level to meet is off because the moment I know it better than you, then there is a different hierarchy. Now, when there's a different hierarchy, I need not only to control but I also have the need to prove that I'm better than you. Now, that is something that oftentimes comes along based on my observation over the years, that when I haven't proven to succeed in areas that I would consider worthwhile succeeding, it is easier for me to try and do the fixer-upper scenario, trying to find myself a project, because then it's their fault and I can blame them because they didn't take my advice or they didn't take my helper syndrome to heart. And then therefore they are to blame and I'm out and off the hook. It's tricky. Another aspect is when I'm suffering helper syndrome 
am I not making others more and more dependent on me? Question mark. And if that's the case, why do I want that? Why do I need that? Yeah, that was my point about the children, because I see it a bit that the mother will often do things for the child, even as the child becomes an adult. How many times have you heard that the grown up child is living at home and the parents still doing the washing and everything for them? I feel like some parents cut the knees off their kids by doing too much Whereas I'm of the view, teach them to fish, they'll eat forever, you know, on their own. Mm. Yes. I think it is a good idea to diversify here and to look at it from situation to situation because there are different family settings, there are different trauma that were endured in families and then there are inherited and generational trauma and passed on trauma. And I think it is not a one-size-fits-all judgment. Nevertheless, I like to inspire people to really think, okay, how much help is helpful? And when does it start to be harmful? When is it helpful and needed? When is it appreciated? When is it not appreciated? Look, if I offer you help and I know you need it, and actually maybe I even have proof of you needing it, but you don't want it, and then I force it to you and on you, now then your resentment bucket fills up towards me. So it may be a short-term gain and a lasting regret or resentment or combination of it. Mm, yeah. So I think when we look at this old saying, yeah, the grass is always greener or, well, I know so much better how my neighbors could live their life because I know because I'm observing them from the outside. Mm. Again, let me turn back to the spoon. Be spoon in your own food. Let others develop their pace. Let others develop their way. Not my journey is obliged on anyone. Others' journey, I'm not obliged to follow theirs. So we all, each and every one of us, learns through life. And I think it is a generous call to allow others to learn through life. And what is my lesson in all of this? What can I learn? What can I learn about myself when I suffer helper syndrome? Why do I not trust that others can figure it out as well? Why am I so mistrusting that they can figure it out or they are not capable? When you look at it from that perspective, it's quite important, I think, because despite the tendency to want to do it to help people, you are assuming at the same time that they're not capable of doing it themselves, aren't you? Maybe to a degree. And also it can happen because I know it better anyways. I'm sick and tired of watching you doing it this way because it's not good enough anyway. So perfectionism is also a good call. Maybe to take an inventory on that level. Goodness, we're complicated beings. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's much easier and simpler. It's us making it complicated. And I really appreciate you brought up the island model. When we just go back to the island model basics, I cannot possibly know what is in your island because I don't even know what's in mine. So then what makes me daring to even think that I know better? Yeah. I think living and letting live is a beautiful golden rule. And oftentimes it's a good idea to put yourself in the receiver's shoes. And now I know of people who suffer from helper syndrome who were so much in need of help. And because they didn't get it, 
they developed it because they wanted to give it and gift it freely to everyone and anything moving not fast enough to escape. Now, there are specific trades and occupations where that is very helpful. And then there are private settings where it's more damaging. Mm -hmm. Again, it comes down to very simple basics. Don't assume, don't mind read, don't guess, don't project. Ask questions instead. Hey, I can do that for you. Would you like me to have a look? Yes or no? Ah, maybe. Well, what does that mean to you? Is it rather a yes or maybe a no? Well, let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. I'm here for you. That's very clear. No wishy-washy. I'm not telling you you're stupid because I'm much smarter because you don't know how to do it anyways and I know it much better. No, let's take this out of the entire equation because that's not peace bringing, but frustrating. So it's the free will and allowing humans to develop based on the experiences they make and made. And I had a great conversation today with a client of mine and we were defining wisdom and they had it really very well defined. And they asked me, what's my definition of wisdom? And I cut it short and I say, lessons learned, applied. That's wisdom to me. I like that. Yeah. Now, these can be lessons I learned or these can be lessons I learned through observation of others, learning, reading, educating myself reading biographies where people are sincere and sincerely writing it themselves without ghostwriters making up stories. And one more time, I'd like to clarify, I love helping people and I'm here to help, but I'm not throwing it out there. People can come to me for help and I'm more than willing to help. I'm not forcing my help on anyone. They know I'm here. And those who don't know me oftentimes also know that I'm here because they heard of me they heard of our podcast, they listened to our podcast, they saw me speaking publicly, they saw some of the videos on many different media. But I'm not forcing it on you like a piece of clothing. But you take on this shirt and you take on this jacket and you take the shawl and you take the cap and you take the gloves and you put the boots and you put another <laughs> wrap around yourself. No. I know of a mother, her child loved to walk barefoot and it was winter, northern hemisphere, cold snow, ice. And the child decided, yes, I want to go. I don't put on socks. I don't put on shoes. I want to go outside. And the mother allowed him to walk outside. He walked outside. Guess what? He turned around and said, it's kind of cool. It's too cold. Where are my socks? You see, when we are allowed to have the freedom to choose, then I can learn how to be responsible and I can learn the principle. I'm free to choose. I'm not free of the consequences. In short, how does that all have to do with the helper syndrome? I think it is a good idea to reevaluate, take an inventory and ask questions and offer your help. I do it openly and then I sit and wait. Yeah, it reminds me of the old cliche, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yes. People need to be ready for the help. They need to want the help. They need to want the opportunity. And it's not the right thing to do to force it upon them because you don't know where they are in their life and their learning. And you can't make assumptions about that, that everybody is learning in their own way at their own pace. It's mm. why I really don't like the school system the way it is. It forces everyone to be treated in such a uniform way when we are not uniform people. We're all learning and growing at our own rate. And we all deserve the opportunity to do that for ourselves and not have things forced upon us. 
And I think that would alleviate a lot of frustrations that people have. Mm, Certainly. I'd like to give a very visual example. Let's say you go into a restaurant. Why do you go to the restaurant? Most likely you want to have something to drink and something to eat or only something to eat or maybe only something to drink. That's up to you. And let's say you walk in there and they force on you, you must eat this, you must try that, you must drink this and you must drink another beer, you must drink another water, you must drink another tea, you must have five coffees because I say so. How often would you ever want to go back there? Never. Interestingly enough, not one of the restaurant owners I came across during my lifespan ever did that. They offer gently, kindly. Okay, let me know. Let me know when you change your mind. Offer. Hey, I have an idea. Let me know when you're interested. So I actually open the door by offering and then I wait for you to come and get it. Even with pets. Look what people do with pets. How often do you see people forcing their dog to eat what they don't want or their cat to eat what they don't like or their parrot to do what they don't like? Good luck with that. I understand that there are trained animals as well. I question the ways how that's done and I question the purpose and the gain of it. Do you want to have living humans around you that are alive or do you want to have humans that are trained? Still alive, but trained. Autopilot, push the button, do this, puppets. I support free humans, self-thinkers, self-evaluators, inspiring and inspired. I support that. Yeah, I personally think that's the best help you can give anyone is to teach them to be a self-thinker and inspire them to make their own choices and be aware of their own consequences. Mm, And lead and live by example. Not talk, 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 talk. No, do it. Show it. Live it. Very inspiring. Yeah, well, there you go. That is interesting. That's helper syndrome in our opinion. (laughs) We would love to know your opinion. Please do let us know what you think and share this episode out far and wide with your family, friends, colleagues, neighbours, because it's important that we have all these conversations with ourselves. It's important that we have an awareness of how we behave and interact It's important for the future to encourage and inspire everyone to be our best versions. That's my opinion. What's your final words today, Daisy? I think it is important to mention that it's okay to ask for help. Yes, it certainly is. In fact, we did a whole episode just on that, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Asking for help, it's totally okay. Now, when I see someone in need of help, then it's totally okay to offer, hey, you need help, ask questions. I'm here to help. But when I'm in need of help, then it's also okay for me to ask. So when those in need of help become more courageous and say what they mean and mean what they say and ask when in need, then the helper syndrome may be also decreased because then, oh yeah, well, Kathy will tell me when she needs help. I trust her, she asked in the past, also shows the quality of our relation, right? Yeah, I think that's an important point. And conditioning can also have a part in your ability to ask for help. And so I do encourage everybody to go and listen to that episode too. You can do that by going to baldandblonde.live using the search box and type in asking for help or any other topic that you think might be interested in. If we have not covered it yet, we will 
If you let us know, and while you're there, please support us with a cup of coffee or more. Most appreciated. Helps us stay on air. And a final thank you to our major sponsor, selfrecoding.com, where Daisy brings excellence coaching to anybody with a need. Reach out if you would like some help from Daisy. That's it from us today. We will see you soon with another episode. We are bold and blonde. Mindset Evolution. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening in to the Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution podcast. Please share our show with your family and friends. Together, we make this world a better place for you, for us, for future generations. When you need consulting or coaching, visit selfrecoding.com. Also, please remember to rate us five stars and leave a review and support us at baldandblonde.live. Talk to you soon.